Yahweh President Dash, giving thanks is how we must begin our mornings, our meals, our speeches, and our personal journey. I want to first thanks, thank and acknowledge the storytellers, change makers, and leaders that came before us. Every joke, every worry, every sacrifice, and every dream that you lived built this moment and allowed for the youth to continue doing the work of the seven generations. It was the stories from their communities, from their ancestors, and from their dreams that inspired the youth today to live with such passion and determination. I want to share those stories with you today to recognize the individuals who are making strides for real impact, show the adverse journeys of research and reflection, and bring forward the forceful issues of Indian country today so that you too can support and uplift the youth in their priorities. Our communities in Indian country are interconnected. We're a vast and complicated web of stories, and so our issues are intersectional too. As a part of our work on the Youth Commission, we have the opportunity to curate opportunities for youth to use our platform, to spotlight our research, to share our community's history and contemporary state, and to network and establish relationships with this nation's most passionate and involved youth. In all of these spaces, whether at the White House, at an NCAI conference, or on the Zoom interface, or in our very own youth councils and schools, we have engaged with the incoming generation of change makers and storytellers. The journey for answers, knowledge, and wisdom by the seventh generation has arisen and established a fascinating transition into academia and community growth. This work is upstanding and impactful for a multitude of reasons. First, while the research in climate spaces, domestic abuse cases, and native histories is underfunded and undervalued, our youth are finding ways to engage and use their voices to ensure that this research is developing with accuracy and strength. Second, which goes hand in hand with my last point, is that youth are increasingly aware of the importance of decolonizing data. Native researchers are providing their work with a truthful history and an accurate and transparent account for the landscape in every field, and it makes a difference to us all. And third, representation. We are influencing and inspiring more Native youth to be leaders and to share their innovative ideas and personal stories that have never been included before. Last summer at the NCAI Mid-Year Conference in Anchorage, Alaska, the Youth Commission had the pleasure and great honor of hosting Charlene Akpik-Apak and Maka Montour-Paki from the Native Movement for our session called Decolonizing Data in Alaska. Data for Indigenous Justice is an Indigenous woman-led nonprofit that reclaims missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls and data in Alaska. Within the United States in 2016, there were 5,712 reported MMIW cases, but only 116 were logged into the DOJ's database. Data for Indigenous Justice was formed to bridge the gaps in absent data, to conduct research reflective of accurate data representation in Alaska, and to work directly with our communities in decolonizing data. This session engaged youth and attendees on the practices of data reclamation, data systems advocacy, and healing-centered community work. Our people are facing a violence that our young Native women are collectively stepping up against and taking action for. At the White House Tribal Youth Forum, the Youth Commission got to hear from impactful Native leaders and had the pleasure of engaging with youth like Charity Ropati and Kwana Chasing Horse. Charity Ropati, Yupik and Samoan, is a 21-year-old education and environmental activist who has worked to implement an accurate and inclusive subcurriculum of indigenous peoples in Western pedagogy in Alaska. She's a researcher who studies intersections of plant ecology, permafrost, and cultural resilience in coastal native communities at Columbia University. Kwana Chasing Horse, Hankwa Chin, and Sakangu Oglala Lakota uses her platform to advance environmental activism and uplift indigenous movements around the world. 
Chasing Horse Fights Against Drilling in Alaska, and advocates for the permanent protection of the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge from drilling. These young women provide just a fraction of the hard work and trailblazing accomplishments in environmental stewardship that Native youth are doing all across the country and the world. Even on some of the most challenging issues of our time, youth are making a difference. Former Youth Commission co-president Jessica Lambert saw through the need to educate and advocate for the youth by way of community engagement and media coverage. Jessica is an enrolled citizen of the Choctaw Nation and a first-generation descendant of the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians, and a recent graduate from Princeton University. Jessica, who is no stranger to research and advocacy, wrote an op-ed for the nation entitled, The Supreme Court Case Threatens Tribal Lands, to bring awareness to the issue of tribal sovereignty in the Indian Child Welfare Act, or ICWA. She organized a youth called Youth Defending Youth, to voice our support for ICWA while engaging hundreds of youth and Indian country leaders, and she organized an informational session to inform youth on the reality and impact of this issue. At the crux of this issue was youth banding together to protect one another and ensure the preservation of our communities. And to bring it home, I wanted to share the recent work that I've been pursuing in looking at the rematriation of remains. In my studies in environment sustainability and American Indian studies at Cornell University, I researched and submitted a portfolio named Bring Our Babies Home, a creative and generational testimonial to the Indian boarding school system. After diving into conversations about land relations, language, oral histories, I found myself invited into stories from around the world, trying to grasp the tragedy of residential schools and its intergenerational impact across Indian country is an extremely complicated and overwhelming feat. Rematriation, returning the sacred to the mother, became a process for me to overcome these traumas by nurturing the heart with art, words, and community. And this journey towards personal restitution or even just a critical centralization, I looked at how many indigenous writers and storytellers explore healing. I wanted the words that I put out into the universe to be blatant, unapologetic, and also mindful, imaginative, and in relation with the creator, just as it was intended. These are just a small fraction of the issues that the youth of Indian country are taking a lead on. Our research and passion in these issues has advanced our need for a platform, and that's why we present you with the Youth State of Indian Nations today. We ask that tribal leaders and supporters from around the country listen and embrace our stories, engage in action-driven dialogue, and lend us the support and resources that we demand. We ask that you reflect on your responsibility to establish relationships with the youth here today, and ask them what they need from you right now. The youth of Indian country are drafting a new narrative. The work and passion of our young leaders is something to truly celebrate and to support in our communities. Although the hard work of protecting our land, our sisters, our babies, and all of our relatives isn't yet finished, I am confident in the incoming generation of storytellers, change makers, leaders, and to continue this path towards reciprocity, rematriation, and restitution. Yeah.